Hey guys, so welcome back to the seventh episode of the Teen Whisperer Show, and today we have a guest who is supposed to be on the podcast a long time ago, but due to my ignorance, I couldn't do that. Uh, he's a consultant slash producer in the podcast consultant, uh, where they help you from start to finish in podcasting for your big brand and your branding and sales to the next level. And he also worked in the Wall Street Journal, which is uh, you know kind of really cool when someone says that. So guys, without further ado, let me introduce to you. to mr matthew so mr matthew welcome to the show please tell a little bit about yourself and your podcasting career uh thank you it's a pleasure to be here so yeah like you said um i actually got my start in radio uh it started even before the wall street journal i was working for a large uh talk radio station in new jersey and mm-hmm. while i was there was when the iphone first came out and the podcast store first opened people were podcasting but it really hadn't hit mainstream because it was kind of a difficult process but once that came out it seemed like this was going to be a cool thing and so I turned to my boss and I said hey we should turn our content into a podcast and he said as mm-hmm. long as it doesn't cost me money and I don't have to do any more work sure go for it launch a podcast so uh, I did just that I repackaged some of our content and put it as a podcast and then was there for a little bit longer and then went to work <laughs> for the Wall Street Journal they had a radio network and uh, my job there was 50% radio and then 50% podcasting so really uh hosting mm-hmm. editing launching producing and creating podcasts for the Wall Street Journal I was there through 2014 when at the end of 2014 Dow Jones decided to get out of the radio business mm-hmm. and at the same time they just cut everybody in the audio department so they got out of radio and they got out of podcasting temporarily and I found myself without a job in early 2015 and was trying to figure out what my next move was I was applying for jobs trying to look for a full-time gig and While that was happening, people that I used to work with at the Journal that I used to interview regularly kept asking me, "Hey, can you help us do a podcast?" Right? We we enjoyed mm-hmm. doing them. It was good marketing for us. And I said, "Sure, I can figure that out. Why not?" Uh, and so I started to just do a little bit of side work, helping people with podcasts. And slowly, I kept helping more and more friends and more and more connections. And uh, as podcasting was getting more popular my business was just growing and growing and sure enough fast forward to today uh this is a full-time job i've got about a half a dozen people that work with me to help produce and clean up and edit podcasts and uh we've helped you know, well over 100 podcasters in various capacities probably have about 50 active clients right now at different levels of regular cool. publication uh, i've consulted with some large brands both on their own podcast as well as on podcasting strategy as a whole and uh continue to love working in the space and seeing what else we can do with it. Wow 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 I mean like the fact that you still have clients is kind of really kind of making me jealous really is that you know people like you know lo- losing like many uh, you know clients and services these days but uh, still I mean like I can see how amazing your services must be in order to you know still have the clients you know with you so that's totally awesome and you know there's one interesting uh, you know observation from you said that when your boss said it shouldn't cost me any more you know money or uh, uh, work how did you actually do that did, did you actually you know uh, without any cost or anything did you start it or is there anything that happened Well, so when he said that what he was basically implying was that he didn't want to hire anybody new and he didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, put a lot into the budget. So luckily, we had an IT person on staff who quickly understood what podcasting was, how it worked. He mm-hmm. was able to help us create a RSS feed and at the time, you know, Libsyn and some of the other companies might have been around, but we yeah. did this totally on our own. He created his own RSS script 
Uh, and I actually had to go in there every day. We had a new episode and essentially update the RSS feed manually, right? Typing in the code, adding the title, description, the date, linking to the media file that was hosted on the company servers. So it was kind of done on a shoestring. I mean, a lot of podcasters still do it that way, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not as easy as today where you just sign up for a good service and then it gets done for you. So, um, and, and the other thing too was that I was able to do it as part of my regular responsibilities, right? I didn't have mm-hmm. to, you know, add more time or take away. Like it was just part of, you know, new things that I was able to do and to implement. And so, uh, you know, the fact that I could add this without disrupting our regular workflow uh, was why I think he was okay with it. And to be honest, uh, last check, that podcast is still going to this day. Now, I'm sure the back end has changed considerably, but uh, I mean, you know, it's a it's a great product. If you live in the state, it takes what they call their first news half hour, this mm-hmm. half hour block of news that went out at 5 a.m. every day. We stripped the commercials and the, the weather and the, like the stuff that wasn't, you know, that's timely and doesn't make sense and just shrink it down to a real nice, quick, concise hit of the big major stories that affect the area. So, um, yeah, it was just a just a way to get involved and see what we can do. Wow, wow, that's that's totally amazing. And you know, uh, you became a podcast consultant, uh, you know, slash kind of exp- uh, expert. So, how do you actually suggest one, you know, to become like that? Because I know people who have been, you know, doing podcast for a year and so, and they are now taking it to the next level, saying that let's do podcast consulting or you know, create courses, uh, talk about podcasts and stuff. So, is there actually a time frame for it, like you know, a qualification, like you should do this amount of podcast in order to make sure that you become a consultant or anything like that? So. What is actually the qualification in order to become like that? I think, like you said, anybody can really call themselves a consultant. Anybody can call Mm -hmm. themselves a producer. Um, I think what really helped me stand out from other folks that were saying this was I had been doing it for so long. At the time that I had started my business, I had already just started the business, right? This was just when I started to get those few early clients. I mean, it was still called Empassy Productions, right? The, mm-hmm. the moniker, the podcast consultant didn't come along for another couple of years. But what really gave me the confidence to do this was that I had been doing it for so long in so many mm-hmm. different capacities, right? I had launched that first one at the radio station. I had hosted and produced and created dozens of different shows with the Wall Street Journal with various levels of success. I had helped several individuals and brands do their own podcast. And so what really, I think, gives me the the credibility to say that I'm a consultant, and this is really, really important, is it's not just knowing what to do, it's knowing what not to do, right? What, What I always tell people is I've made all the mistakes so you don't have to. And so I'm always a little leery of folks who become a consultant, become a guru, become an expert of some sort on something, when they're basically still reading the book. I've seen a lot of people come along and basically, you know, they're reading the book on Podcasting 101. They're offering advice on chapter one through three, and they're just reading chapter four, right? Like, I I didn't feel comfortable taking that moniker until I'd gone through the entire book, maybe a few times, made a lot of mistakes, and could execute on those mistakes. I think the other thing that helped me, too, was along the way, I had done a lot of other gigs related to it, so... I ran a podcasting newsletter for a while called Pods and mm-hmm. Pod, which uh, we used to news and put out resources and interview a lot of folks. So I, I was always, you know, I had my, my thumb on the pulse of the podcasting industry at all times. I'd attended a lot of conferences. 
I had gone to a lot of educational sessions. I had spoken on podcasting mm. in my experience. And so I think it really takes time to yeah. be able to just call yourself a consultant. I mean, sure, anybody can claim the moniker, but I, I think it becomes pretty clear when you're working with clients whether or not you've earned it by how much confidence you have and, and how you respond to you know, any, any problems that come up. Yeah, and you know, you were talking about like mistakes, like you know, we have we it, it actually helps us to find out what not to do. So in my case, like I do video editing and or, and kind of audio production with a team member of mine. And if some mistake comes up, it's actually possible for us to you know uh, redo that. Mostly because we have the tons of project files, and it won't be a really long video in order to you know do that editing and stuff. Uh, but in your case, you know, in podcasting, I mean, like if people are recording like two and a half hours of podcast or one and a half hours of podcast and you did a mistake and you are knowing what to do what not to do uh, how do you actually you know uh, convince convince or you know kind of like escape from the fact that you know i did a mistake okay let me correct it i know because most of the time clients would say that you did a mistake what can i do i don't trust you anymore with my podcast and all so how do you actually escape from that so is there any take on that you know, it's it's a really great question. And especially now in the times that we are living in, I mm-hmm. think what we have all come to realize is that it's really easy to forget how brands, how professionals, like how people treat you when times are good. Mm-hmm. And I think what always sticks with us is how people treat you when times are bad. And so I did a couple of things with this business to help solidify, you know, my reputation and you know, my relationship with my clients. Mm-hmm. One is... I never did a long-term contract. My whole, you know, spiel with my clients is you assign the work, I do the work, I send the invoice, and if you're happy, we do it again. Meaning I have to perform every single time. Me and my team have to get it right every single time because if we don't, people are free to leave whenever they want. So the onus stays on us to really do a good job and to really put in the extra Mm -hmm. work. But what's more important is that when we make a mistake, because look, nobody is perfect. We have made plenty of mistakes, still learning every single day. You know, even even myself, I've been working with Adobe Audition as an editing software for over 10 years. And just the other day, someone who I was training taught me something I didn't know. So Mm -hmm. I'm always learning. But what's really important is that when a mistake is made, we own up to it. We mm-hmm. apologize. We are humbled by our mistakes, and we look to fix it as quickly as possible. So, you know, if I get an email from a client at 5.30 in the morning, usually I'm up at about 6, 6.30 because that's what time my kids wake up. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I will do is go downstairs, get on my computer, and fix that mistake. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, thankfully, my clients... They don't yell. They don't get angry. They say, thank you for handling it so quickly, right? Because I've shown them how much I care because this product is not just a podcast. It's a reflection of their brand. Uh, As well, there have been times where things have really been bad, and I've just had to stop what I'm doing, put in the work. And, you know, I remember a time where an episode came out and just wasn't good. I I just I, I had assigned it to someone who was a little bit raw, who probably shouldn't have been doing it. And when the client heard it, they said, we can't do this. Instead of saying, oh, well, that's what we're going to run with. I stayed up till three in the morning that night and I fixed it and I got them a new episode the next day and they appreciated that. So, you know, everybody is going to make mistakes and anybody can make a mistake. Mm-hmm. 
it's how you take care of those mistakes and how you treat the client when they do. So I, that's my advice, right? Like you, you should aim to be good. You should aim to be mm -hmm. great. But what you really have to do is own up to it and take care of problems when they arise because that's what people are going to remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I have a, you know, the video related client is actually, uh, you know, when you're talking that you won't take like, you know, long term clients. I have one long term client, like, you know, two to three months off where they have booked me in advance and they will be like, you know, just do this. Uh, no matter the mistakes, because there was a time when uh, I was adding the subtitles to it, uh, it was adequate si size. That's what the word was. Uh, what I uh, wrote was etiquette signs. It, it, it was actually in bold, you know, in subtitles, it was in bold. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I just changed it. They said, me no. I said, I said, no, no, it's okay. No problem. Because uh, she's actually from North India. I'm from South India. So the accent there is kind of really hard to capture in order to do that. So even in Descript itself, it's actually said, said, said it like, I mean, like, even if a software is saying like that, I mean, I'm a human. I, I can't do much about that. So yeah, I think uh, you were saying that in nine out of 10 clients won't yell and all, but the one client will be there in order to, you know, do that stuff. So how do you find out that this is not my ideal client, you know, because sometimes the vibe doesn't set right. Uh, because even though our visions, because uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Simon Sinek, he's an organization consultant. And he always says that, uh, say yes only to those clients who actually you get the vibe right, your mission and vision right. So how do you actually find out that this person is not right for my client as a client for, you know, podcasting or any of other stuff matters? You know, you'll know really early on. If, mm -hmm. if you see an email pop up and as soon as you see who the sender is, instead of thinking, ooh, more work, you think, ugh, that's probably not the right client yeah. for you. Or, and it's, <laughs> look, it's tough. When you are starting out, it is tough to say no. And I'm even guilty yeah. of it today. Sometimes I will say yes to any project. I will take on the challenge. I will try and take it on. But you know what? You have to be able to say no from time to time because <laughs> if you are taking on work that you shouldn't take on, if you are taking on more work than you can handle, if you are working with a client that you just don't jive with, you're not <laughs> going to do a good job. It's going to put you in a bad mindset, and it's going to impact your work for everybody else. And so... You just have to you just have to know in your gut, in your soul that if when this person emails, calls, texts, writes, posts an episode, like if the work just doesn't feel good, if you if you feel like every time that comes through that it's a it's a bad sensation, it's okay to walk away. It's okay. I mean, you don't wanna be a jerk about it either, right? Like mm -hmm. I don't think you do yourself or anybody else any good by you know, cursing the person out or being mean about it, be a professional and just simply say, I don't think this relationship is going to work yeah. out. In in the few cases that I didn't think I was a fit for the client anymore, um, I even offered to help them find somebody else because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, even though I wasn't working with that person, I still wanted my reputation to be as a professional. Mm -hmm. So I would say, look, we're just not the right solution for you anymore. But let me help you find someone who is. And we've parted ways amicably, which, you know, is the best thing to do. And you know what? If you don't part amicably, if the person doesn't like that you want to quit, if they don't like that you don't want to work together or whatever it is, and they're going to be angry and mean and, and all those things about it, you just got to let it go. There's plenty of potential business and potential clients out there for you.
yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, people have to take this point because mostly, like, that's what that's one of the things that I was supposed to do. And then after that, when I got my clients, I said that uh, it's not like uh, it's not right for me. But right now, I can't take this. So I hope you find someone else and just end it. So kind of I like kind of type like uh, you know two to three paragraphs like you know I'm doing this. So because of that, so it's uh, one person actually from Fiverr contacted me and I said this and he said thanks for the very good explanation. Uh, good luck with what you're doing. So it kind of also feels good, you know, when someone like. You know, okay, he says that, and uh, that's a kind of a really big thing. And you know, coming out of this general news, I actually, you know, it kind of happened like uh, days ago, like that uh, Joe Rogan signing uh, on Spotify for hundred million dollars. Uh, you know, the deal, and so it, I was actually yesterday watching a video of Pat Flynn. Uh, he was saying that uh, because of the, him signing your know, own to you know Spotify on you know leaving YouTube and all the other uh, uh, hosting platforms. Uh, he said that uh, small podcasters and you know mid uh, podcasters who was below his level and you know in specific niche and all will be uh, you know able to get more listeners. So, uh, do you think it's right? Do you think it will happen? Like the podcasters who are small and medium, uh, will, will will they be able to you know push up in the podcast in the hosting platforms? I honestly don't think it's going to change much. I don't mm-hmm. think that, and and I'm probably speaking more to my type of podcasting client as Mm -hmm. opposed to you know the general entertainment podcaster look Mm -hmm. if you're a comedian and you've been sitting at second third fourth behind joe rogan in the apple rankings sure joe rogan leaving that platform is going to give you the chance to to rise up a little bit but for most podcasters at least the folks that i work with they're not concerned about the joe rogans of the world they're not Mm -hmm. concerned about the New York Times, the NPRs, the Daily of the World, they're not in it to be the top podcasting name. They're in it for a lot of different reasons, and Mm -hmm. that has zero impact on them, right? Like, they're in it because they want to grow their brand reputation. And so they're speaking to their potential audience and their Mm -hmm. potential clients. And sure, some of those clients probably also listen to Joe Rogan, but those clients aren't going to stop listening because Joe Rogan left the platform or they're doing it for networking opportunities. I know plenty of podcasters who don't care if they get five listeners because the podcast itself has given them an opportunity to talk to so many interesting people, potential clients, potential partners, people that they admire. Um, and so it doesn't matter how many people get to listen to their show. They still have this platform to do what they want to do. So, you know, I think in one sense, Joe Rogan helps a little bit because being on Spotify, they're going to push him heavily. People who use that platform purely for music listening are going to get mm-hmm. more and more hints and ads and pushes to check out spoken word content. And maybe by virtue of the fact that they check out Joe Rogan for the first time, they think, huh, I wonder if there's other spoken word content on this platform mm-hmm. that I should check out. So I think in that sense, it could help people. But I don't really think he has a this has a huge impact on the majority of the podcasters out there and probably the ones who are listening to a show like this that are thinking about how they're going to use this podcast to better themselves. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, you're actually right, because people sometimes they don't care about the listens more than, the, you know, uh, you know, interviewing the potential clients, because there's a guy called Scott Carson, who actually I interviewed him, you know, previously, I think you might not know him from one of the podcasting uh, groups. So uh, he, I was watching his YouTube videos and all and uh, the number of views that he has on YouTube in some of the, you know, um, uh, like videos like you know 100 or 235 something like that but uh, he uh, established around like 600 episodes 
and he actually got a lot of clients from the you know uh, the podcasting community itself so yeah i think i think that's one of the things that uh, you know pretty much podcasters should uh, keep into account so well, uh, one final just at mm. that point i just want to say know yeah. why you're podcasting right mm-hmm. joe rogan his podcast is to sell the audience right yeah. as far as we're concerned joe rogan is a mattress salesman he's a stamps.com salesman right like his thing is to build as large an audience as possible and sell against mm-hmm. the audience and so yeah a, a lot of podcasters think well if i can get 100 million people listening then i'll do well but the truth is there are people who can be really really successful with 100 listeners 200 mm-hmm. listeners because their goals are clearly defined and this platform helps them reach their goals right if mm-hmm. if you're a consultant if you're a financial advisor if you're selling a product and that product you know when you reach 100 people 10 people sign up who knows like that might be your best year of sales ever so i think you have to really know why you're doing this what your goals are who your audience is what you want them to do when they're done listening to that podcast Mm -hmm. and think about that if your whole thing is i just want a podcast so that i can get advertisers Mm -hmm. it's a that's a really really tough 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 job most people who excel at that are good at at building audiences no matter what platform they're on and they're not you know it's it's not an inherent trait not everybody Mm -hmm. even those who are good not everybody is going to strike gold right it's like everybody thinks they're going to be an actor well i went to acting school i know this and i know this and i know this well that doesn't mean you're going to be tom cruise right there's one tom cruise there's one will smith there's one denzel washington and there are thousands and thousands of people, some of who are probably even more talented, who just don't mm. get that break and just don't get that chance. So, you know, if that's what you want to do, great. Go for it. Be passionate. Do it. But for the majority of people that are using this platform, think about why you're doing it and, and focus on your goals and mm-hmm. you'll be way more successful. Wow. That's totally good. I'm sure my listeners will take that great account. Uh, so... The one thing before you know going on to the last question is that uh, everyone knows that this pandemic actually uh, affected the podcasters really a lot uh, so we had talked a lot about like uh, you know how to increase the audience and all but my question is how should podcasters prepare for the next pandemic because it's not obvious it's very obvious because once in 10 years or once in 20 years or 30 years somewhere around that something like this will definitely happen uh, you know it may either be a natural calamity it's a virus in this case uh, i mean natural calamity because you know one of one of my uh, uh, you know my in my state uh, there's a meme page okay like really big. He actually posted like, uh, what, the 2020 is going to be really awesome. The virus came, then uh, next uh, locust, you know, in my country, actually, the locust are actually migrating right now. The locust came, next the aliens might come, zombies might come, who knows? <laughs> so, you know, that's what of the, you know, the possibilities that people are thinking right now in this 2020. So, um, I, assuming that next, uh, you know, half of the next 2020 is going to be, uh, you know, kind of a recovery from what we have done so far. Um, how about should actually broadcasters prepare for the next spot, you know, next pandemic? I think what you have to do is you have to meet the moment. Um, Mm. uh, Nobody saw, like you said, nobody really saw this pandemic coming. And overall, podcast listening dropped at the Mm. onset of the pandemic. And for good reason. Less people were driving in cars. Less people were going to work. uh, And truthfully, less people had time alone. Even me personally, I don't listen to 75% of the podcasting that I would normally listen to Mm -hmm. because I don't have that alone time that I used to have because... My wife is home. My kids are home. I'm doing work. Like it just, it doesn't happen. So things change, mm-hmm. but I have had several clients who have seen 
huge spikes in their own numbers. And the mm-hmm. reason why is they met the moment. And in this case, the moment was there was confusion, there was angst, there was fear, there was uncertainty. And so those podcasters who were able to fill that void, right, those who could come in and talk about what this means for the markets, what this means for small businesses, what this means medically, what this means for your health, right? Like those folks who took advantage of the moment and realized what the audience needed were able to really, really do a great job. And that might mean that maybe spoken word, maybe the podcast medium is not the right moment, right? Because we are not commuting and we're not spending as much time alone. Maybe that means you should be focusing more on video, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're doing right now, because a lot of people are sitting at their computers and watching YouTube, they're streaming Netflix, right? Like you have to meet the moment. So I really, and I'm sort of guilty of this myself being the podcast consultant, but you really have to be more than just a podcaster, Hmm. right? There are, for example, there are people who are really, really good at radio. Hmm. And to them, they're radio DJs. That's it. They just think of themselves as being a radio personality. Those people are struggling because radio is struggling. But then there are people who use radio as a way to, you know, reach the audience for what their function is. So, Hmm. you know, maybe you're someone who likes to talk about sports and comment on sports. Well, that doesn't mean you have to do it on radio. Maybe you went from talking about sports on the radio to talking about sports on a podcast. Maybe mm-hmm. now with more video content, you're talking about sports on a podcast, and now you're including video. Maybe you've realized that my audience is younger and wants things shorter, so I still talk about sports, but now I'm doing it on TikTok or Snapchat mm-hmm. or whatever. So I, I don't think you should be caught up in the technology and the delivery mm-hmm. platform and things like that. You have to be focused on your mission and your Hmm. mission has to be able to meet the needs of the day uh there's a you know there's this great example i I can i I always forget what the company is but there was a company who they started off as you know stagecoach right Hmm. and all they did was transport people on stagecoaches well eventually the car came along and they went out of business but there was another business that used stagecoaches but they felt themselves as transportation So when the car Mm -hmm. came along, they said, well, we'll just use a car for transportation. And then when the train came along, they said, well, we'll use the train for transportation. And then so they their mission was beyond the delivery. Their mission Mm -hmm. was, you know, they had an abstract mission that was that made it easier to pivot how they accomplished that mission. So Mm -hmm. like my clients, if you're a financial advisor and your mission is to raise awareness for your products or services, yeah, mm-hmm. right now, podcast could be a great way to do that. But in five years from now, if you still get stuck thinking, well, I'm a podcaster and fight against the like, like if you think your mission is to be a podcaster and not to get more clients, you're not going to be able to pivot and adapt to mm-hmm. what the moment needs. So maybe the next pandemic, I don't know, doesn't come with the financial collapse that we had. Maybe for some reason it's a, a weird super bug that infects us all with with right money's raining down from the trees as a result of this latest pandemic and so you know how do you meet that moment how do you turn your strengths your skills into something that fills that void that is necessary Mm -hmm. there are people who just complain about things happening and think oh all of this is happening to me and there are people who 
take this, look at it, mm-hmm. analyze it, pivot, and figure out how do I adjust? And if you can yeah. adjust, you're going to be great. Wow. And, like, and of course, it takes time a little bit, you know, because sometimes people think that just all of a sudden it should happen. So it takes time as well. So that's something that really had to take into account. So that's really great. Uh, just one question before, you know, closing is that uh, what do you actually think, you know, the best tip that you can give to a fellow podcaster in order to grow according to you, the best tip in the world? It is so corny when I say this, but I, I mean it succinct. I mean it so well. If you aren't willing to do this for just one person, this is really for mm. those people who just love to talk, love to be behind a microphone. If you're not willing to record this podcast knowing you might only have one listener, meaning if you're not so passionate, so educated, so curious, whatever, whatever drives you to this mm-hmm. microphone, if the only thing driving to you, driving you here is to get an audience, you're probably going to struggle. But if you're driven mm. to do this, regardless of how big your audience is, you're probably going to succeed because you're going to do it with passion, with authenticity, with enthusiasm, and you're going to do it with a smile on your face. And nobody wants to listen to a podcaster that doesn't want to be there, right? Like you don't yeah. have to podcast. It's great to have one, but you, you don't have to do it just for the sake of doing it. So if you don't want to do it, don't do it. You're not going to help yourself. Yeah, I can totally agree on that because my my main like motto is kind of like passion is that something that word something that really drives me because it kind of actually helped me you know get out of three uh, suicide commitments you know because in my previous you know stages I was like I was like totally depressed you know my my uh, young self was like totally totally of really bad stuff and you know the one thing actually kept me going was my passion for I just I just wanted to you know help people like you know to grow their to grow something I don't know the word brand actually came to me after my you know studying my MBA but still I just wanted to help people to grow something like they should get better in their lives I should be a part of like something more than myself that's one of the things that actually you know helped me to get to this place now I'm not really a big guy or anything like that but still I know like you know recently uh, a fellow podcaster like he's just starting out he actually texted me that please uh, have a review of my podcast and I mean like I felt like oh my god someone is sending me a podcast to review that podcast I'm like I'm not a big podcaster but still I have some like you know uh, advices like regarding the cover arts and uh, you know descriptions because I've done like you know uh, I've interviewed like 50 50 guests so far so I just know a little bit little bit about you know what to do and not so yeah I think I think that's really a big thing in order to do that you know what you, you bring up a great point which is the next you know I, you only ask for one i'm gonna give you a second tip though every listener counts right so if somebody emails you and says thank you if somebody emails you and asks for your help if you can show some empathy and if you could treat each one of those people like they are the most important person in the world you will make a fan for life and the best thing about fans is they'll advocate for you right most people do not discover a podcast because it was ranked number one in itunes or you know, because some bot suggested, hey, you listen to this, maybe you should try this. Most of the time we listen to a podcast because someone we know, love, and trust turns mm-hmm. to you and says, oh, I listen to so-and-so, you should check it out. And so if you can turn your listeners into that person for your show, oh, you've just turned on a marketing engine that you can't shut off. It's great. Yeah, I totally agree on that. So uh, is there anything you want to ask me in order to anything else? No, I, I just, you know, I think uh, this has a, been a great conversation. I, I really hope this is helpful for your audience. And, um, you know, like I said, it just 
do it with a smile. You, you can't go wrong. Oh, well, that's what it is, guys. So uh, you heard him, and we have discussed a lot of things in this podcast, like what to do, the, uh, you know, how to prepare for the next pandemic. If there's anything like regarding this virus or anything like that, and uh, how Joe Rogan going on Spotify actually affected us, and how to become a podcast consultant, and many other stuff. I'll give a le- I'll leave the timestamps in the description below so that you can easily find out. And thank you so much, Mr. Matthew, for coming out to the podcast. It really means a lot. So I'm sorry for you know hanging you out uh, you know back in the days. So <laughs> we apologize for that. These are, so, these are crazy times. It's, uh, it's it is absolutely okay. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thanks so much, man. And uh, thanks so much guys for listening. So if you have any questions, leave in the comment section below. I'll definitely be happy to answer that. And uh, I'll see you guys next podcast.